This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. If someone asked you what you want for Christmas, most likely your answer would be quite different from what you need for Christmas. What is the difference between our wants and needs? Let's talk about it in our message, Just What I Needed. What's the difference between what we want and what we need? All of us have dreams and desires, what we want out of life, what we think we want to accomplish or to attain or to possess. But God knows exactly what we need. And in John's version of telling the Christmas story, we learn that God has given us exactly what we need in the baby Jesus. Let's pray. O Lord God, on this Christmas morning, we thank and praise you for the birth of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. Fill our hearts with joy as we receive gladly the gift that you have given us in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our Christmas Gospel is recorded in John 1, 1 through 14, and 16. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. For of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. On this Christmas morning, I want to remind you again that grace and peace are always for you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, who is born for you. Amen. 
Well, the last month or so, I've been asking my grandchildren, what do you want for Christmas? They, I can assure you, are not shy about telling Papa what they hope to receive Christmas Day. They keep me well informed. It begs the question, did you receive what you wanted for Christmas? Here's what I want you to know. God has given us exactly what we needed in Jesus. God has given us exactly what we needed in Jesus. There was a poem on a Christmas card that said, If our greatest need was for information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need was for technology, God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need was for pleasure, God would have sent an entertainer. If our greatest need was for money, God would have sent an economist. But since our greatest need is forgiveness, God sent us a Savior. Dr. Carl Broughton, the teacher, theologian, and author, in his book Stewards of the Mysteries, wrote this, Jesus gave us a new and paradoxical definition of God, a definition of the humility of God. Many people were offended. They wanted a God of glory, not entering the world at the bottom, not from a despised place like Nazareth and Galilee, but he must come in from the top. He must be properly introduced by the right people with the appropriate protocol. But instead, the people got the man from Nazareth. He was only prepared to give them a message on the humility of God, of the identification of God with the people and the things that don't count very much in this world. He carried his message of God to the extreme, driving the humility of God all the way to the cross. Perhaps people see in Jesus not what they want, but Jesus is exactly what we need. First, Jesus is the light of new life. There was an artist who began work on a statue. His specialty was as a sculptor. And day after day, he went into his art studio, carving and chiseling. He poured himself into his creation, and slowly it took shape. Finally, he was finished. He stepped back, and he was very pleased with his creation. It was the best work of his life. But a few weeks later, someone broke into his art studio and pushed over his creation. The statue smashed on the floor and broke apart. When the artist returned to his studio, he was heartbroken. He had no choice but to start over again. As we read John's Gospel, chapter 1, of the Word becoming flesh, the Word creating all things by the power of his Word, we're reminded of this image that God has created all things, but now that the creation is broken, that Jesus is the Word who comes to recreate all things and make them new. Jesus is the light 
that shines in the darkness. John says, the darkness cannot comprehend it, can't fully grasp it, can't understand. But it also can mean that the darkness cannot swallow the light. Darkness cannot overcome the light. Just lighting a little candle in a dark room dispels the darkness. The light shows us the truth of our hearts, but the light of Jesus also provides the way out of our darkness. You can turn on the lights in the warehouse and see rats scurry. Here's a moment where ignorance is not bliss. And when Jesus shines the light into my human heart and shows me my flaws, my imperfections, my shadowy self, my sinfulness, it's not good news and it's not pretty, but ignorance is not bliss. To see the flaws is revealed to me by one who's willing to come into my darkness and clean it up. The Jesus becomes the light shining into my heart and he illumines my house and makes me new. Wouldn't it be foolish if you and I were in a cave underground and all of a sudden our source of light went out? In our pocket, we have a bright flashlight. But instead of pulling the flashlight out and turning the flashlight on, we stumble around in darkness so dark we can't even see the hand in front of our face. We fall and we get hurt. We can't even find our way out of the darkness. And there we are, trapped in the dark. There's a phrase that says, Better to light one candle than curse the darkness. Jesus is the light that God shines into our darkness to invite us out of the darkness and into his marvelous light and life. But this Christmas morning, Jesus comes to us also as the one with the authority to have us become the children of God. Jesus is the one who grants us the privilege of becoming part of God's family. He gives us his name. It says in Romans 8, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Max Lucado, in his book, In the Grip of Grace, writes, Suppose a man comes upon a child beaten by thugs. He dashes into the mob, rescues the boy, and carries him to the hospital. The youngster is nursed to health. The man pays for the child's treatment. He learns that the child is an orphan, so he adopts him as his own and gives the boy his name. And then one night, months later, the father hears his son sobbing into his pillow. He goes into him and asks about the tears. I'm worried, Daddy. I'm worried about tomorrow. Where will I get food to eat? How am I going to buy clothes to stay warm? And where will I sleep? The father is rightfully troubled. Haven't I shown you? 
Don't you understand? I risked my life to save you. I gave my money to treat you. You wear my name. I've called you my son. In the gift of Jesus, born for us, the one who made heaven and earth invites us to know that he has welcomed us into his family. We belong to him. We can trust that we are loved by God and that Jesus is our brother. The glory of Christmas is God is for us. So who could stand against us? He did not spare his own son, but gave him for us all. And he'll freely with him freely give us all things. But third, the Christmas message says that we receive grace upon grace. It washes over us like the waves of an ocean. Psychologists tell us that there are two prominent emotional scars that many people bear in their lives. One is the wound of abandonment, and the other is the wound of violated trust. So, again, in Romans chapter 8, Paul writes, Can anything separate us from the love Christ has for us? There's where doubt creeps in on our faith. This is the question. We want to know how long God will love us. Will he really love us forever? Not just on those Sundays where I dress up and go to church with my shoes shined and my hair washed. I want to know deep within, how does God feel about me when I've been a jerk? Not when I'm lively and positive and ready to tackle world hunger. Not then. I know how God feels about me then. Even I like myself then. I want to know how God feels about me when I snap at anything that moves, when my thoughts descend to gutter level, when my tongue is sharp enough to slice a rock. How does God feel about me then? That's the question. That's my concern. Have I crossed a line that I can't come back from? Last Tuesday when I drank vodka till I couldn't walk? Last Thursday when my business took me where I had no business being? Last summer when I cursed God as I stood near the grave of the child he gave me? Have I drifted too far? Did I wait too long? Have I fallen too much? Can anything separate us from the love of Christ? The answer is emphatically nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. As the angels proclaimed to the shepherds, for to you is born a Savior, Christ the Lord. Or as John writes, of his fullness we have all received and grace upon grace. But as we consider Jesus who's born for us, fourth, we realize that this grace is not just some philosophy or some schmoozy concept. The word became flesh. God who is everywhere present, who sometimes is mysteriously invisible and silent, who feels unattainable, unreachable, inaccessible, now has chosen to avail himself to us in his Son. 
the baby Jesus. In a tangible way, this baby is God's expression of love to us. He is the Word become flesh. And the mission of Jesus, the baby born, God's Son, took him all the way to the cross. Never does God say, well, I'll forgive you this time, but you better not do it again or else. Instead, in the name of Jesus, it says we've received from him grace upon grace. And every time I fail, Jesus, my Savior, says, that's why I went to the cross. If I went to a car dealership today and I said to the salespeople, I'd like a free car, they'd laugh me out of the showroom. But if I have an authorized letter from the owner of the dealership promising me a free car, I'd drive away in a new vehicle. Why? Because in faith, I would be bearing and claiming the authority and the power of the owner. I would be claiming the owner's promise. There's a story about a boy named Johnny who was shooting rocks outside in the farmyard with his slingshot. Well, the truth was, Johnny couldn't hit the side of a barn if he was inside it with his slingshot. But Lo and behold, Johnny aimed at Grandma's pet duck. He shot at it, and he killed it dead. Well, he looked every direction. He panicked, and he hid the dead duck in the woodpile. Only problem was, his sis, Sally, was watching. And she used the secret of the pet duck to manipulate and control Johnny, he had, she had Johnny doing all her chores. She picked on him mercilessly. And always she would just say, if Johnny got mad, remember the duck. Well, finally, finally, Johnny realized that facing his punishment was better than a lifetime of enslavement to his sister's treatment and to the fear of discovery. So Johnny told his grandma, I know she said immediately, and she hugged him. I was at the window when you shot my duck. I saw you, and I forgave you immediately. I wondered how long you were going to let Sally make a slave of you. For to you is born this day a Savior, Christ the Lord. How long would you stay in the dark? How long would you live in your guilt? How long would you allow the fear of discovery of all that you have done prevent you from rejoicing in being a part of the family of God? So Jesus is born for you. And I encourage you, in faith, pick up the baby and receive Jesus into your arms. What do I mean by that? I want you to invite him into your heart and life in a simple prayer. Dear Jesus, I invite you to come into my life. Second, receive him for the position that he holds. He's Lord of the cosmos. He's Lord of time and eternity. You invite him to be Lord of your life. 
Third, believe in the truth of who he is as the Son of God and our Savior. Fourth, receive Jesus by thanking God for what he's done for us by going to the cross, taking our sins upon himself and being raised from the dead to forgive us and give us eternal life. Fifth, welcome Jesus' presence and surrender to his spirit within. Sixth, offer yourself each day in his service. And seventh, finally, worship Jesus with great joy. So this Christmas, I want you to realize Whatever you wanted for Christmas, God has already given you exactly what you need in the baby that's born for you. Let's pray together. Dear God, on this Christmas morning, we again thank you for the gift of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you that through him, you have forgiven our sin and you have made us your children. Pour your grace over us again, that we might rejoice in your love and trust your promises. Amen. Hear the blessing of God. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of his Holy Spirit bless you and be with you now and forever. Amen. You have been worshiping with the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has encouraged you to pick up the baby Jesus in faith and receive him in your arms. Allow him to fill your heart and life with joy this Christmas. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit ministry supported entirely by our listening family. As we reflect on the past year, we express a special thank you to each of you who have sent a financial gift and prayed for our ministry. Both are vital for the important work of the gospel message and opening hearts to the work of the Holy Spirit. Be sure to check us out on our exciting new website where you can find both audio and printed versions of today's program and past programs. You can also pass on your request for prayer by our staff and board of directors. Our website address is christiancrusaders.org. And we invite you to find us on Facebook and like our page. If you would like to help with the financial responsibilities of this ministry, you're encouraged to contact us at Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. Our toll-free telephone number is 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. In the Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa area, dial 277-0924. We are happy you chose to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was the Reverend Lee Loving pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Spencer, Iowa, and associate speaker on Christian Crusaders, now in its 81st year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting. From all of us here at Christian Crusaders, we pray you have a blessed Christmas and a happy, healthy New Year. <laughs>